atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for July the 30th in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law, the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers are the answer, one of the great keys to restoring the republic and the traditions of our founders. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And you also should know that we believe that this government that we have could be the proper rule of government based on the consent of the governed, but only for a moral people. We have a republic, not a democracy, a republic, if we can keep it. And that means we must insist on the checks and balances and insist on the morality of our nation. God, family, and country is the order of things, ladies and gentlemen, and we will not have a stronger country than our families. Welcome to the broadcast. LibertyRoundTable.com is where you get live and on-demand radio at your fingertips. That's also where you can donate if you believe our just or our cause is just and worthy of your support, ladies and gentlemen. We have day jobs, so we're not begging for your money personally to go on vacations or anything like that. Uh, but we are telling you that it takes a lot of money to, to uh, literally engage in uh, the new media taking center stage. And so any penny we get will be used to grow our presence in the media. LibertyRoundTable.com. By the way, this half hour is brought to you in part by Raw Honey. Delivered directly to your door. You want to learn more? You want to get your Raw Honey? Get a hold of Kurt, C-U-R-T, at LibertyRoundTable.com. Or if you want to call him and talk to him, he's available as well. 801-669-2211. That's 801-669-2211. Or you can go to his website, LocalHoneyMan.com. That's LocalHoneyMan.com. Raw honey delivered directly to your door. Okay, so we uh, do a quick recap of each show. Yesterday's show, we had on two incredible guests. First guest, Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org. And we talked about the, uh, his report on last Saturday's political leadership school in Sandy, Utah. It was incredible, Lowell said. The speaker by the name of Ted Harvey has a rock-solid position on four very controversial issues. Right to life. Right to bear arms, right to work in opposition to illegal, let me say that again, illegal immigration. Just doing a great job, Ted Harvey. And uh, we talked about a planned parenthood celebration that Ted Harvey attended when he was a Colorado representative. Uh, And it was jolted by an abortion survivor. Yeah. Gianna Jessen is her name. Powerful abortion survival story. Uh, Gianna Jessen, abortion survivor. Uh, she's a pro-life advocate. She's a speaker. Gianna Jessen.com. Or Jessen, I'm sorry. Gianna Jessen.com is her website. So check that out. I'm telling you, I emailed her to try to get her as a guest. Haven't heard back yet, but I'll keep trying. Fight for 15 is the wrong battle and the wrong war. 15 bucks an hour. We need to reject minimum wages, ladies and gentlemen. The government does not need to regulate the private sector and what I pay you via private contract or you pay me. The problem isn't wages. The problem is the United States have a money problem, folks. Yeah, when the government effectively prints fake money or fiat currency out of thin air, a dollar no longer buys the same amount of goods that it once did. 
Federal Reserve quantitative easing is like printing money. It, deba- it debases the currency. The Fed's been practicing this for nigh on to, well, I guess a little over 100 years now, right? For example, let me make the point very clear to you. In 1964, the minimum wage stood at $1.25, okay? $1.25. To put it another way, a minimum wage worker back in 1964 would earn five silver quarters for every hour worked, right? Five silver quarters every hour worked. But the silver value of those five quarters today stands at around 15 bucks, folks. Yeah. So each silver quarter, in other words, is worth about three bucks in today's debased currency. The Fed has manipulated the currency, and it really escalated when we completely jettisoned the gold and silver bimetal standard, um, you know, in what, 1970 range. The Federal Reserve has been abusing us for 100 years, but it's only been in the last 50 years that we've really accelerated our jettison uh, to complete fiat currency, and therefore the debased Reality, the quantitative easing, the government manipulation, the government creating uh, currency or money or supposed value of exchange out of thin air. The problem isn't wages, folks. The problem is the United States having money problem since they've jettisoned honorable money, honest money. All right. That was our one Liberty Roundtable Live with our buddy Lowell Nelson. Campaign for Liberty.org. Hour two. An equally good guest, Dr. Scott Bradley. We talked a little bit about his collegiate series to preserve the nation. We talked about his website, freedomsrisingsun.com, his weekly webinars, Q&A on the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, and the understanding of the Founding Fathers. Just tremendous work. We talked about Donald Trump says Democrats keep playing the race card. That's a story out of USA Today. But it's not just Democrats. It's swamp monsters in general. And we got to ask ourselves how to get rid of this. Just divide and conquer at every turn. Every fault line we can find seems to be a divide tactic in America. We've got to stop it, folks. You know what? Um, Division is of the devil. Okay. We have got to come back and say, who is my neighbor? The word of God is mightier than the sword, ladies and gentlemen. And we've really got to double down in defense of that reality to say we can follow the Prince of Peace. Uh, we can find ways to work together. We can find ways to sidestep divisions. And we can find ways to agree to disagree agreeably when we do disagree. There is a culture war. We are certain to disagree, many of us, on many things. But we can also work with people on things we agree on and leave the things we disagree on for another day. We can stand for the morality of this nation. We can turn to God, family, and country in that order as we protect life, liberty, and property. And we can do it via the media. The new media is taking center stage. And, hey, we're grateful to be part of that effort to make America great again, to make Baltimore great again, to make the border great again, to make Mexico great again, to make everybody, all the peoples under heaven, all of God's children Great again. And we do it via the principles that make people and nations and families great. That is scripture, God's law, the Ten Commandments. Uh, That is uh, the political um, supreme law of our land, the Constitution, with its vertical and horizontal checks and balances. That's how we get it done, folks. It's not a political battle. It's not a right and left battle. It's not a, you know, Republican, Democrat, or a, it's not a male, female. It's not all those division tactics. It is we are the children of God, and we can stand with the Ten Commandments, and we can stand with the proper role of limited constitutional government that looks to God, uh, and we can work together to just make everything better for everyone. And it starts with the good moral people. 
willing to serve one another. And when they serve one another, they're literally serving their God. I unequivocally believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I uh, absolutely stand for God's laws. Uh, We need just a few laws from God. What, the two great commandments we talked about? Love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself. And on that hangeth the law and the prophets. And then the Ten Commandments, you put that together. And man, if you obey those 12 things, love God and love your fellow man, love your neighbor as yourself. And then you obey the Ten Commandments. Man, you can't get in a whole lot of trouble. Those 12 guidelines from God trump a thousand, a million government regulations every time. So let's learn to be self-governed. Let's go to work together and make America and everywhere else that we possibly can great. And let's recognize that we're all the children of God and let's start to act like it, shall we? All right, that's a recap of yesterday's broadcast with Lowell Nelson and Scott Bradley. News that Networks refused to use today starts now. Kirk Crosby's with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Buenos dias. Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. You're very welcome. Donald Trump puts another, I'm afraid, swamp monster in place. Kurt, I don't know much about this guy, but I've done a little bit of research. Director of National Intelligence, the guy's name is Dan Coats, is stepping down. Trump will replace Coats with Rep. John Ratcliffe. He's a Republican of Texas. Do you know about this guy, Kurt? Mm, I couldn't tell you much about him, no. Mm-mm. All right, I think he's been in government for quite a while there. Um, you know, just jump on, type in John Ratcliffe TX, and then type in, you know, the word wiki to Google and see what you find. I don't think this guy's, um, I want to see new blood. I want to see good, honest Americans that aren't government insiders, that haven't been in politics, okay? I don't want to take representatives and former governors and former this and that. And, you know, I want constitutional conservative outsiders to stand up and, and get a chance. But every time Donald replaces somebody with somebody else, it's some inside guy that I don't know. Right? I, I don't know what's going on with this. But Donald has this pattern where, you know, we keep hearing that he's draining the swamp. But, man, I don't know what draining the swamp would be if it's not getting, what, less government people there, Kurt? I, I don't really see less government tapped in people there. Okay, this guy's a member of the House of U.S. of Representatives from Texas, 4th District. Uh, he assumed office January 3rd, 2015. And um, anyway, I, I don't know what to think about this guy. I guess, um, you know much, uh, nothing about him, Kurt? Well, just like you say, looking at his wiki, um, you know, it says he's got a wife and a couple of kids. Michelle um, Addington, is that her name? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got so two children. University of Notre Dame. Now, he went to a Southern good private Meth- Catholic college. I think that's Southern, good news, right? Then you got Southern Methodist as well. So okay. That's where he got his law degree. So Law you know, degree. So the, now you got an attorney. Let, let's dig into him yes, a little bit here now. All I'm telling you is I don't see this guy as really a political outsider, per se. Hang tight. Sam and Kurt, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. 
we present a solution the give me liberty fund the plan is quite simple invite individual americans to contribute less than a dollar a day these monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media organizations events candidates movements and speakers in the spirit of transparency all expenditures are published patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to give me liberty fund members our greatest strength is in numbers go to givemelibertyfund.com and become part of the solution today givemelibertyfund.com participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world kosher certified put the two words together to get co-certified which is spelled with an s-e-h instead of just s-h it's the right way to spell this the german way and it made it easier to trademark now did i tell you that the letters s-c-h still make the shh sound as in all those american food producers saying shh let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified think about it nearly one century of kosher certification and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries well because you consumer are indirectly paying for this the kosher certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities and it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified we call that nkc start memeing it it's fun nkc not kosher certified now to confuse our audience even more we put a question mark at the end of our name and that really cinched our trademark approval it relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior the kosherquestion.com so we're talking about donald trump's replacement for what's this supposition called kurt director of national intelligence I think that's right. Yeah. Anyway, they say this guy's one of the most conservative members of Congress. He's been in Congress since 2015. And I guess before that, he was an attorney in his private practice, dealt with insurance and complicated matters in the corporate world. Good for him for being involved in a private, uh, you know, practice or whatever. He knows a little bit about, you know, the normal life. But, you know, as an attorney, that concerns me. He got some of his degrees relating to government, though. So, you know, the guy's tapped in in a little bit of curious ways. Um, they say he's one of the most conservative members of Congress, but I go look at the Freedom Index, Kurt. District 4, John Ratcliffe, and he's only got a 68%. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying that's, like, horrible. As Kurt would say, compared to some of these other guys, it's, uh, you know, pretty good. But to me, it's a little bit concerning. I mean, to, it's, what, a D, Kurt? Or an F? Yeah, good point. You know, so, but he's better than most, I guess. You know, a lot of people are hovering around the 40, 50, whatever percent. At least this guy's almost at 70%. And I would agree that working with this guy compared to many others might be good. So, you know, it's got some of his political positions there, too, right, Kurt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to brief good. anybody on some well, political positions he's got? I guess uh, his two daughters are named Heath and Texas. Interesting names. Um, you know, uh, it gives you some of the different, you know, where he stands. I th based on what I can read about him, the main thing that, uh, at least uh, like when he when he was running for office originally, I thought this was interesting. Uh, he ran against um, Ralph Hall. Now, you remember Ralph Hall, isn't that who, uh, 
almost seems like that's who uh, Sheriff Mack ran against uh, down there. Um, but uh, <clears throat> Ralph Hall uh, was a sitting 17-term incumbent congressman that this guy took on. Uh, he took him on in a primary, and he received... Uh, Ratcliffe did receive the endorsement of the Dallas Morning News, which applauded Hall's long record of service but cited Ratcliffe's impressive credentials and the need for new energies or new ideas and fresh energy. In the uh, March 4th primary, uh, he finished second with 29% of the vote. Hall got 45, but because uh, Hall came up short of a majority, a runoff was required. Now you'll you'll be interested to see how this worked. For the runoff, Ratcliffe was endorsed by the Tea Party Express, the Senate Conservatives Fund, the and the Club for Growth. Hall was endorsed by the National Rifle Association, former Congressman Ron Paul, you remember how that works, right? Uh, if you're yeah, and I don't know uh, like because Ron, of what Ron Paul did there with that inside trading deal. I don't know who's the better guy of the two candidates in this case, right? Yeah, Ron Paul was told, you know, if you're going to be a Republican, you have to support the incumbents. Uh, so if somebody's a challenger, then he can't re- support them. Well, so he was um, kind of told that. What he was really told is if you want to gain ground in the Republican Party, here's what you got to do to play the game. Now, he could have just ignored all that and done what he did, but he didn't. So it was a, what I mean is there was a deal there, right? Yeah, I thought that we found out that the deal was he had to always support the uh, incumbents. That's why he told the sheriff or Sheriff Mack found out he couldn't support him. Uh, in the uh, yeah, but I'm saying runoff, the only reason you have to is if you're going to get something or agree to something. Otherwise, you can just say, forget it. I'm not doing that. Right? Yeah. Well, in, in other the words, uh, in other May words, you'll be out of office if you don't go along. Yeah, that's right. In the runoff, he got he defeated Hall with 53 percent of the vote. Um, and um, they say it's rare for a primary challenger to defeat a sitting congressman. His victory marked the first time in 20 years that a sitting Republican congressman in Texas had been ousted in a primary. And uh, yeah, so it sounds know, like this guy's better show. than most is the is the upshot. He's you know far from perfect. I have a few concerns, but it sounds like in kind of vetting this guy a little bit ourselves that this guy's better than most, right, Kurt? When I would have to say. Yeah, and um, I guess he cut his teeth, or one of the main things uh, they say questioned the uh, then-FBI director, James Colmey, during a House Judiciary Committee hearing in September of 2016, um, and uh, he questioned him about whether his decision to not recommend charges against Hillary Clinton was predetermined. Ratcliffe asked Comey in that hearing whether Comey made his decision to not recommend charges against Clinton before or after interviewing her. He responded, after. Uh, yeah, which is, is kind of a good question because we all want to know the real truth. But, you know, hey, the guy's never going to say before, right? Yeah. So it's a little yeah. bit of a a little bit I of mean, a clown question in the, the sense that, in. come on. It's like saying, hey, did you commit criminal activity? Of course, I'm going to say uh, uh, no, sir. Absolutely not. So, I mean, you know, but at least he's on the right side of the discussions. At least he has concerns. At least he went to, uh, you know, a private Catholic school. At least he's. Um, you know, endorsed by a lot of good people. And, hey, he's got a 68% of the Freedom Index, which is not as, you know, 
conservative as I would like to see, but it's a start, and it's better than most, and I think it's a guy we can work with. Again, I just wish Donald would get some outsider people that are really solid and true. But, hey, and who's going to take his place? Because part of the other problem that I have when people get drafted for these positions, they've got to abandon their office early to do this, right, Kurt? Mm-hmm. Which I'm not really comfortable with, you know, me running and saying I'll serve for two years or whatever it is. And then before the end of my term, I decide to go do something else. You know, people don't feel very comfortable when you do that in the, in the job world. And people don't feel very comfortable. It, it's kind of a commitment concern a little bit. And who's going to be there? And the answer is they're going to pop somebody in there that then will be running as an incumbent. Um, it creates a little bit of unfair trading when it comes to the elections that you get in your guys as opposed to uh, an open election kind of a thing, right? So there's a little bit of concern there, too, especially when there's so many other people to draft, right, Kurt? Mm-hmm. All right. Did you hear about the T-Mobile Sprint deal? It wins Justice Department, quote, okay, thanks to a dish assist. Did you see this, Kurt? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. All right, so Sprint and T-Mobile are going to merge together and probably become a bigger carrier, and they're going to rival the AT&T slash Verizon. I don't know if you know, but AT&T is probably the biggest provider in the country. Verizon's, I think, Ooh. second. and uh, But Verizon's got better connectivity than everybody uh, across the board, across the country. Now, in the rural areas, AT&T has a little bit better connectivity in some spots, but bar none, uh, Verizon has the best coverage overall. And they're both mammoth. And there's a big, big difference between the AT&T slash Verizon's size and, say, the next or the third carrier, which is T-Mobile, and the fourth carrier, which is Sprint size. And uh, they didn't want to reduce competition, so they were fighting the deal. And, but what happened is Sprint said, look, if, if, if you know, we can team up with T-Mobile, we can rival those two big boys. We'll be big enough now to where it'll be you know, a battle of who's the biggest, Sprint. I'm, I'm sorry, T-Mobile, which will be T-Mobile Sprint. Verizon and AT&T. And then, the, you know, the, the regulators came back and said, well, there's no fourth player. So you're eliminating players. And they said, yeah, but we'll be able to roll out 5G faster. We'll be able to do this and that. So they hammered out a deal which said, hey, what if Dish Network buys some of your uh, downstream provider names uh, and Dish Network jumps into, that's the satellite company or whatever, jumps into uh, being the fourth carrier. So what you're going to have then is you're going to have um, – in size, right, you're going to have AT&T, Verizon. Then you're going to have, quote, T-Mobile slash Sprint. And then you're going to have Dish Network as the fourth and smallest carrier to date. And that's why it's kind of a T-Mobile Sprint deal wins justice to approval with Dish Assist. That's how it all breaks down, Kurt. Any uh, comment on that? Well, let's hope for uh, more competition and better services. You know, and I think you'll get that with this, believe it or not. Uh, because, again, there's four carriers. Everybody's going to be hungrier. Everybody's going to try to build a better mousetrap to the door, that kind of stuff. I see it as a, as a, as a good move. Uh, I still am going to stick with Verizon uh, because I want the best coverage, and Kurt converted me to that. You know, I used to have T-Mobile because it was a lot less expensive, and whenever a call wouldn't go through for me because of coverage, Kurt would be like, yep, you're saving money, buddy. <laughs> and he was right, and it was frustrating, so I upgraded to Verizon. I'm, I'm sticking with it now, Kurt. So there you go. Uh, IRS, Kurt, did you see they're sending warning letters to more than, quote, 10,000 cryptocurrency holders? That's according to the Wall Street Journal. And they say, just because you're into the crypto, baby, uh, just because you're dipping your toe into the crypto, that doesn't mean that you can avoid IRS laws and requirements and you're not going to get away with it. We're going to scrutinize you big time. And the warning letters are going out that, hey, Kurt, if you're dipping your toe in the crypto, you still owe 
We're giving you a warning letter that you better do it about board, buddy. Got it? So there you go. And I've always said that, you know, dipping your toe in the crypto, everybody believes it's like, hey, we're going to just have this blockchain technology, digital currency, and we're going to get away from the government, man. They can't spy on us. Oh, how wrong you are. (laughs) And now they're basically backing in to say, hey, cryptocurrency's got big enough now. Now we're going to start to regulate and we're going to start to scrutinize. And so the IRS sending these warning letters to folks to over 10,000 so far. And that's all under the Donald administration, by the way. Quick pause. Sam and Curtin seconds. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. A Northern California community holds a vigil last evening after a gunman opens fire at a widely attended garlic festival on Sunday night. We are Gilroy Strong. The 19-year-old gunman was shot and killed by police less than a minute after he started shooting, but not before he killed a 6-year-old boy, 13-year-old girl, and a 25-year-old man, injuring at least 12 other people. What's in your wallet? A 33-year-old Seattle woman's behind bars in connection with a massive Capital One data breach that the bank says exposed the information of about 100 million Americans. The FBI arresting Paige Thompson yesterday, charging her with computer fraud. A member of the Afghan security force has shot and killed two American service members in Kandahar. And this is USA Radio News. Liberty Mutual Insurance presents... Doug. Is that your pet emu? He's my partner, Lemu. And we're here to tell you that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. So is he only an emu because it rhymes with Lemu, as in Liberty Mutual? Well, I wouldn't. So this is just a clever way to get people to remember Liberty Mutual, huh? Kinda. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company and affiliates. Equal housing insurer. State laws apply. Here's a great deal on MyPillow. When you go to MyPillow.com, click on the two-pack special, type in promo code USA, you'll get two MyPillow premium pillows for $69.98. Now that's only $34.99 a pillow. You will not get that price anywhere at retail. It's the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. And like all my pillow products 10 year warranty 60 day money back guarantee go to mypillow.com click on the two pack special use my promo code usa 20 of the nearly two dozen democratic presidential hopefuls will be taking part in two nights of debate starting tonight in detroit vermont senator bernie sanders and massachusetts senator elizabeth warren will be among those on the stage tonight they'll be flanked by eight other candidates and then the 10 others will be on the same stage tomorrow Sure to come up at both nights of the debates, President Trump's recent rhetoric concerning Baltimore and Congressman Elijah Cummings, although now a member of the president's cabinet is suggesting that the president is willing to work with that Maryland Democrat to help fix Baltimore's problems. I asked him today, would you be willing to work with Elijah Cummings to bring some relief to the people of Baltimore? He said he would be happy to. That's according to Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson speaking on Fox News last night. Carson worked for years in Baltimore as a neurosurgeon at Johns Hopkins. And this is USA Radio News. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, the latest, latest budget deal brokered by the White House increases government spending big time. $1.37 trillion, Kurt, if that's not bad enough. It keeps Planned Parenthood funding intact. The legislation, believe it or not, was opposed by only 132 of 197 House Republicans. Of course, the president plans to sign the bill if it passes the Senate. But 132 of 197 House Republicans Kurt, opposed it. So what's that? 32, 42, 52, 62, 72, 82, 92. 55 Republicans voted yes. To sell us down the river. And this brings up, in my personal opinion, Kurt's point. What is a Republican, Kurt? This, if this doesn't hammer your point home, I don't know what does, right? Great point, Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any other comments on this one? Um, you know, it's like you say, um, what is a Republican? What's a Democrat? You know, I mean... Uh, Let's get rid of the two-party system. The party should be over. Amen to that. All right, Moore is in the news. Right, Kurt? We're talking about Roy Moore, right? Judge Roy Moore. Mm. I think so. The, uh, you know, there is a little bit of news uh, in regard to Judge Roy Moore, at least from what I've seen. Um, You know, the headline reads, uh, Moore supports Trump administration's resumption of executions. Now, this will get him um, more hate from the uh, extreme left. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is um, there are certain crimes that, uh, well... I mean, rather than leave somebody in prison for, you know, 80 years or whatever it is, you know, that that they're due to be executed, right, Sam? Yeah, and so Roy Moore supports that, Kurt. Donald Trump has uh, moved forward with the, what do they call it, the resumption? Is that the term? So what, they, That's right. what you got is depending on who's in power, you decide, well, we're going to do executions or we're not going to do them, right? And Donald's saying That's we're going right. to do them. Well, Roy's yeah, saying, I is, support the Donald, right? Right. This is from the Alabama Reporter, or ALReporter.com. And um, I guess uh, U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr announced that he has ordered uh, Hugh Hurwitz. I'm not sure who that is. But he heads the Federal Bureau of Prisons to begin scheduling executions. The Justice Department also announced the names of the first five prisoners to be executed. The executions uh, will resume beginning with uh, Daniel Lee Lewis on December 11th. There have been no federal executions performed since 2003. So, you know, it's been quite a few, what is that, 16 years, you know. Uh, And uh, Judge Roy Moore, that's the Senate candidate there in Alabama, said, uh, judgments by jury in capital cases should be properly enforced after all appeals are heard. Likewise, corruption and delays in our courts should be addressed. Whether immigration or capital punishment, our law must be enforced equally without prejudice or delay. Uh, He also mentioned immigration. Um, The uh, article says there are dozens of people on federal death row that a jury ruled should be executed. There were no federal executions at all during Barack Obama's administration. Hundreds of thousands of immigrants have been ordered departed or um, 
Uh, but most of those orders have now been acted upon by federal authorities. The Trump administration is beginning to ramp up deportation efforts for those immigrants. Um, I guess he uh, went on to say, or this is what the Attorney General Barr said, Congress has expressly authorized the death penalty through legislation adopted by the people's representatives in both houses of Congress and signed by the president. Under administrations of both parties, the Department of Justice has sought the death penalty against the worst criminals, including these five murderers, each of whom was convicted by a jury of his peers after a full and fair proceeding. The Justice Department upholds the rule of law, and we owe it to the victims of the, and their families to carry forward the sentence imposed by our justice system. Anyway, and then All right, so there's where uh, the there's where Donald Trump stands. Uh, there's where Roy Moore stands. Kurt, where do you stand on the issue? Well, they say uh, there are 61 men and one woman on the federal death row. Uh, most of them are housed at a federal prison in Indiana. Uh, where do I stand on the issue? Um, you know, I certainly don't want uh, somebody to be executed if they're. Um, not guilty, Sam. Um, but um, when it comes to um, well, the ex- or the uh, basically executions, um, you know, I believe it's a, de- a deterrent to crime. Uh, and if you uh, have uh, basically no repercussions to murder, um, which is what these. Um, these five or apparently these 61 you know are uh, guilty of um i don't think you're gonna stop murder uh now i'm not saying that you're gonna stop it just because you have executions but i do think it uh, you know like judge Roy moore says uh if the juries have given them that and uh, they've been found guilt found guilty under our system and yet you know they're not being uh, these uh, executions are not being performed you know since way back in 2003 did you know it had been that long i didn't know it had been that long uh, uh, but it's interesting to me if we don't have laws or uh, rules in america we are a lawless nation yeah, so I, I agree with Donald Trump, Judge Roy Moore, and Kurt Crosby, but I have a couple of twists to my thoughts on this. Number one, I agree 100% that we must uphold the rule of law. And if a jury has a option uh, for their delivery, in other words, they can say, hey, here's what needs to happen, and we don't obey their lawful, I would call it a grand jury order, Kurt, or a jury order. If the jury has the right to decide and they decide here's what should happen and then the government won't obey then they've literally disabled the jury and violated the laws in my mind. If you say, well, that's not something the jury can decide, well, then we can talk about that. But it is a choice in the law they can decide, and we must uphold their decision. Now, if we want to change the law, we can, but that's a different discussion. I support, as you mentioned, Kurt, this idea that we got to have the deterrent. Also, uh, you know what? Biblically speaking, when you take a life, the only way you can you know, recover or have some kind of a, a forgiveness or whatever else is if you um, give your life. And so at some point, I think it's justified um, for these executions, especially when it's our law and the grand jury says so. 
I don't know that you can back out of that. Now, if you want to have a debate whether we should have executions at all, that's a great debate to have. But it's not a great discussion to just undermine the jury. So I would agree with with um, uh, Donald Trump, Roy Moore, and Kurt Crosby on this rule of law issue. The other thing that I would say, though, is this. I don't believe that these are federal crimes, Kurt. So I appreciate that we say we got 61 people on federal, quote, death row or whatever, 60 men, one woman, and these five highlighted murderers are the big problem. They're the ones going first or whatever. I don't believe these should be federal crimes in the first place, Kurt. I think the Constitution articulates very few federal crimes. Now, maybe the immigration ones qualify. That would be up for discussion. I haven't really studied this in detail, uh, so I can't answer perfectly. But I know this. Most crimes that we think are federal crimes aren't at all. And the states, respectively, should be responsible uh, for these carrying out of executions. And so I agree with the general point 100%. I disagree with a little bit about the jurisdictional discussions here uh, that we're having because I don't believe that the Constitution provides authority for the federal government um, to create these federal crimes and then have a federal death row in the first place. Um, There might be some exceptions to that, and I, again, have to study it about the immigration stuff. But for the most part, when these people are in the several states and they commit an act of crime, it's the state jurisdictional reality that should come to play here. So the point is, I agree with with uh, Donald Trump, Roy Moore, Kurt Crosby on the general points about that. We need to be a nation with a rule of law. I don't think we can undermine the juries here, um, but I also don't think that these are federal crimes. Uh, any thoughts on that, Kurt? I don't know that I have anything else to add here. Sam. All right. Kurt wants to jump to New Jersey. I guess the New Jersey grocers in the news, huh, Kurt? Well, yeah, Sam, we got a little bit more of a, shockingly, we got some, um, well, some illegal activity, uh, Sam. I mean, this is just so shocking, but some New Jersey grocer admitted to uh, committing $750,000 worth of uh, food stamp fraud. And now um, I know that um, you're really shocked here because, I mean, food stamps are always so carefully taken care of by our federal government. Um, Sam, do you have any comments about this? Well, my comment is this. If you didn't have food stamps, you wouldn't have the fraud. That's the first thing that I would say. I also want to say, Kurt wants to tell you about Pete. How do you say this guy's last name, Kurt? This is this guy, what, running for president? He's got criticisms for the Donald. We'll talk about it in seconds. Hang tight. Liberty News Radio listeners. Hard-hitting talk radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in America. Hard-hitting talk radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before. News the networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people. We invite all liberty-loving Americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote God, family, and country in the media and our lives. Please help spread the liberty message with your generous donation. You can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online. Or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. That's libertynewsradio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. 
Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Jersey Grocer admits to $750,000 in food stamp fraud scheme. I submit if you don't have food stamps, you don't have fraud at all. Leave it to the churches and the private sector and the local philanthropists and the people that are into charitable giving and nonprofits and and food kitchens and, and leave it to the private sector folks. But, you know, uh, Donald Trump has done his best to reduce the dependence on food stamps, but no one's really taken the effort to shut it down. But Pete... Uh, I don't know how to say this guy's last name. Uh, anyway, Pete, this guy, what, former mayor, Kurt, is that who he is? Yeah, they call him Mayor, mayor Pete. Pete the, uh, you know, I guess he's trying like to that. shame the Donald, and he turns to what, scripture, Kurt? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to watch. Uh, but, um, yeah, he's, he quotes scripture to shame Donald Trump for cutting food stamps. Now, um you know, I guess he blasted him for uh, this. Uh, he quoted scripture. Let me see if I can read that for you. Here. Yeah, I'm interested in the scripture that he, he quoted says, because uh, I would come back and look at the scriptures different um, than Pete would, Kurt. Yeah, he says, when scripture says, I was a stranger and you welcomed me, and the White House says, send them back and build a wall. When the word says, you will know me by my works and suffer the little children un- unto me. Uh, and they're putting children in cages. You have a choice if you are a person of faith. It is not the person in the White House right now, he says. And I would uh, come back and think differently. And, hey, this scripture came out when Jesus Christ was alive and was talking about individuals uh, and churches and private people by choice, not by force. And the problem is when governments come into play and they, they do this, they force people but via taxes or via the, you know, the government virtual gun, so to speak, uh, to be charitable. And, and, and I think this is a choice that Jesus wants us to wisely choose to care for one another. And that's why I'm preaching civility and kindness on the border. I am saying there's a proper role for government to take care of these uh, situations to some degree, like there's a minimal responsibility of the government here. When these people land on our doorstep, there's got to be a, a coordinated reaction or response. But it can be done primarily through the private sector. And so I would say Pete's twisting scripture personally uh, about this. And I do agree we should be kind. And I do agree we should be all, all be God's children. I don't believe we should steal money from Sam's family to take care of Pete's, you know, desire to, you know, follow Jesus by force. See, that's the problem. And that's, I believe, where the rub is, Kurt, and where I believe that Pete's uh, twisting scripture um, Donald's done a lot of philanthropy himself and done a lot of kind efforts himself with his own money. And I commend him for it. But I want to know what Pete's done 
on a personal level to, um, you know, feed the hungry and clothe the naked and, and these kinds of things based on this scripture. Um, you know, I'm not for uh, government doing it and then forcing me to be involved. I do a lot of a lot of charitable work, and I believe in this kindness. And but I want it to be from my own free will and choice, not from government edict or mandate. And that's where I think that Pete's off the rails, Kurt, personally. Very good point, Sam. And uh, by the way, Pete uh, and his husband uh, were married at the Episcopal cathedral of st james they continue to attend services there i guess during his uh, rally in seattle with supporters there he repeated his slogan that god does not belong to a political party hmm. and they made by the, the way he's right about that case that people of faith should in fact to double down Democrats. on pete's point god would probably call the party over like kurt rodney yeah I think so. He says. So if God uh, doesn't we, belong to a political party and you want to follow God, Pete, maybe you got to get out of a political party, buddy. Oh, good point. Um, he says to, I guess the Breitbart piece says to quest, to Christians who question his marriage to a man, uh, he defiantly challenges them for supporting Trump. If somebody wants to raise the question of which one of us has a more traditional attitude on marriage, we can have that fight, he says. Um, anyway, bottom line is uh, Mayor Pete. Uh, there you have it. No, nope. there you have it. All right. Anyway, I think that we ought to have uh, less food stamps and more philanthropy efforts by good, honest American people doing the right thing to follow Jesus Christ. And I think the more locally it's done and the more private sector it's done, the better the service, the better the responsibility and the better the management truly is on these topics. That's my humble two cents. Dubai is in the news. Dubai wants to become a 3D printed city. Kurt, what the heck does that mean? Well, you know, um, it, it's basically um, a little bit more of this um, modern day, um, you know, kind of new construction, I think, Sam. Uh, you got a little bit more of that going on, um, you know. And, and by the and way, I think it's phenomenal Dubai. innovation, Kurt. Yeah, it's just interesting to see it, um, see it happening, and, and especially if... Uh, if you could embrace it, embrace it in places where, uh, I mean, so much of it uh, could be used in uh, these, um, I guess you could say, uh, less than uh, favorable circumstances for individuals that uh, want to have some place to live. But they say it started life uh, as a novel way to create plastic objects, but 3D printing is rapidly developing into a technology that can make anything from body parts to bread uh, but some are thinking much bigger printing full-size buildings from concrete last week uh, property developer Imar announced it's a uh, it is 3d printing a house as part of its arabian ranches three complex in dubai only around 20 buildings have been created this way Worldwide, they say, and Dubai seems determined to own the nascent industry. Now, I'm going to add Emirate 20 buildings is, so far, Kurt. 
Yeah, the Emirate is uh, already home to the world's first 3D printed office, as well as a 3D printed drone research laboratory, they say, with a target of uh, having a quarter of all new buildings 3D printed by 2030. Uh, by the way, this is a CNN.com piece. Uh, Dubai looks set to become a hub for this high tech construction. Uh, they say the potential is billions of dollars. Uh, 3D printing, b printing a building uses the same principles as 3D printing a toy, just at a much bigger scale. Mm, surprise. And using concrete, they say, instead and, of plastic. And let me stop you here for a second, Kurt. That's why this technology is so far along, even though there's very few houses printed this way, because they've mm. already perfected the technology on smaller uh, objects. Now all they've got to do is scale, right? Yeah. So they a lot of it's been tested is, and vetted already is, and, and proven that it works, Kurt, is the point. Yeah, that's right. They say it's pumped to a nozzle attached to a robotic arm, rail, or conveyor belt, which squeezes it out in strips to build up the structure one layer at a time, or to make component parts. Advocates say the technique could be faster, cheaper, and more sustainable than traditional methods. Uh, Dubai, they by say, the way, is probably I'm an the advocate most exciting market. Them, Kurt, by the way, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, you know that's going on, Sam. Yes, yeah, it is, and it's really cool. So. The company that's behind this, I guess, um, is called S Squared 3D Printers, right, Kurt? I think so. And Sam, they build the largest there's... 3D printed house in the world to date. It's pretty neat stuff, in my opinion. Um, and this is where, Kurt, I'm going to give my warning again. The technology is incredible. I'm an advocate. Yeah. But if you want to regulate that and then you know try to put it through this regulatory nightmare and then tell me it's going to be incredible and it's going to come to fruition and it's going to be available for you and it's going to be cheap and accessible and just incredible, I'm going to argue and say, no, it is not. Not because the technology is not there, not because it's not proven, uh, but because government with their regulations and their subsidizing and their penalties and their, uh, okay, they shut it all down, Kurt. They make it not viable at all. Yeah, that's right. And I want to separate those discussions because I support the technology, just like I support solar, Kurt. I think solar yep. is phenomenal. I think solar with your government in the middle of it and holding your hand through solar is a disaster. Uh, same Great with this point. technology, Kurt. I hope that we can start to have some of these 3D printed homes. I would love nothing more, Kurt, than to create uh, small communities out in the middle of nowhere, out in the middle of the country, that would be self-sustaining communities, that would be built with a lot of these technologies, with some of this 3D printing capabilities, and, and people could live in cement homes, very small cement homes. Um, they could basically have solar on their homes and really reduce the cost. They could live off of wells that were pumped you know, water to tanks. Um, they could really create modern tiny cities in America um, that would let the homeless um, get a foothold in society, that would let people who come out of prisons, former prisoners, who, you know, it's very hard for them to get jobs and get a start, Kurt. Uh, and, and I think for veterans, people who um, would struggle and melt down, you know, you could create these small communities, but, hey, I want you to go try it. I mean, it's kind of like trying to build um, the ark, Kurt. <clears throat> Um, it's going to be very, very tough indeed to do it. And I've even tried. I've looked for land, and I've talked to people about land and water and said, what would it take to do this and create a little town or a little hamlet? And, you know, by the time you try to get Internet there and electricity there and, you know, water and, and, and you got to have, you know, 
fire services or, you know, there's all kinds of regulations and laws to the point where, Kurt, I don't even know that I could build one of those. It would take me millions and millions and millions of dollars to even consider such a project. But I believe if we can get rid of a lot of the regulations, you could create these small homes, these small little dwellings for one or two whatever people, for a lot of these suffering people in America. You go to Seattle, you go to Portland, you go to L.A., you go to big cities all over the country, and you will see these homeless cities and homeless tents and where it's just so sad. Uh, and, and a lot of these people, it's just so expensive in some of these places to get a foothold, Kurt, to where the elderly or the homeless or the uh, addicted or the mentally ill or the uh, whatever, the former prisoner, you know, people who, the former vet, people who for whatever reason are down on their luck, they're God's children. I'm not downing them as individuals in any way. I'm just saying that their circumstances have got them here. And it's easy to judge them. Uh, but it's better to say, you know what, I'm going to set judgment aside. What can I do to help them? Uh, and, and I think that these technologies and capabilities could be so helpful. But I just don't see how you get it done. Kurt wants to create a city called Second Nephi. Uh, and I think it's a great idea. Uh, you know, But how do you get that done? There's so many regulations and so many hoops that jump through that I don't know that you can get it off the ground. It's so hard and so expensive, but a lot of these homeless people could be taken off the streets, could be given opportunities and a chance. There are employment opportunities that could be available for for most people. Rather than have somebody on the dole, why not have them do workfare instead of welfare? Why not find a way where they can contribute to society some and give them a little bit of dignity? Why don't we find a way to bootstrap uh, these situations and give people a chance and a lot of this could be done, Kurt, but I, with the regulations and the rules and the guidelines and the, I don't know how, but I think personally, this 3D printing uh, stuff that you're talking about, Kurt, is a phenomenal technology that we want to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I just a little bit of tidbit here yeah. at the end of the story uh, from the S squared 3D printer home people. They say they're... Uh, They've got a uh, contract to build 80 homes in Kansas. Now, the story says the homes range from 12,000 square feet to 24,000 square feet. I think there's a zero in there from 12 to 2,400, I'm betting. Yeah, that's right. I don't know that for for sure. In fact, 1,200 to 2,400 or something like that. If we can find a phone Uh, number or get a hold of these people, though, that'd be phenomenal people to have on the air and to discuss the technology and to learn about it. I would be highly interested in that. So we'll work on that, ladies and gentlemen, in our spare time. Hour one on the can, hour two coming up. And you know what? A lot of this stuff you're only going to hear on Liberty Roundtable Live and or like-minded talk shows and networks, Liberty News Radio. Uh, donate today. Every penny will be used to grow our presence in the media, folks. We're grateful for you, for your listenership. Please donate today at libertyroundtable.com. Spread the word. Live and on demand radio at your fingertips. For Sam and Kurt, we declare we the people. Along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore our grand old republic. Please get involved. Make it a great day and choose the right, will you? We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic of the United States of America.